On this episode of the AV Profession, we took a look at real-time project numbers, comparing apples to apples, and how much effort versus how long. All that and more, next on the AV Profession. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is the AV Profession, episode 39, Financials. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. This is the AV Profession, a look at the business aspect of the AV industry. My name is Tom Albright. I am your host. Uh, today we're going to talk about the financials, uh, actually the financials uh, for a project. And with me to do that is Mr. Brad Malone from Navigate Management Consulting. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Good to be here. Brad, uh, one of the aspects of, of any project or any installation is obviously the, the, the financials, the, the money part. Yep. Um, and it's not just about the money. It's also about you know making sure that you know, payroll is done correctly and making sure that we get time in and correct time, uh, making right. sure that we know uh, some of the issues ahead of time. You and I have talked about uh, before about rewarding honesty and being honest as, as much as, as, as right. early as possible. But when you start talking about the real the real time project numbers, and you start you know you talk with with integrators, what are some of the main uh, aspects that they need to make sure that they get right? I think it's um, financials are always key, but to me financials are a, a, a lag measure. In other words, they're water under the bridge, or they happen in the past, and then oftentimes in some integrators, and I'll say most, were actually held hostage by payroll because people are putting their time in via the payroll system and that might be you know a weekly input or bi-weekly input so if we look at the metaphor of a project being a boat on a journey it's kind of like the radar screens going across you know every week or every other week and some of these projects are only a week long so by the time we even get numbers it's done so to me the key is is more about hours as opposed to dollars because okay. effort hours are going to turn into dollars but Hours are, are what I'm selling, and it's the effort that I need to fulfill a deliverable. And so the foundation that I find that I've really been hammering this year with the integrators that I've been working with is that how our engineers, whether they're sales engineers or design engineers, how they think up or assign effort to items so there are, are they doing product based so they have a bill of materials and this display is going to take four hours for two people so eight hours so the, and nsca has big uh reports that do labor estimating a lot of people have uh spreadsheets from 20 years ago that you know reflect well when i was a kid this is what i used to be able to do and they're rarely updated but first i want to understand how they think and then they need to be estimating the way that we actually plan a project. So it needs to be, if I do have a product based, I still need to have programming in there. I still need to have commissioning in there. So your effort estimate ought to be way more role-based and phase-based because a project moves through a life cycle. I'm going to do pre-wire and then I'm going to leave for two weeks and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to do install. So my estimate ought to be bucketed like that. And so how it's uh, formulated, how it's planned is then how it's scheduled and that's how resources are assigned. So if I have a tech doing pre-wire 
and install, those should be two time codes because they're two different sets of activities with two different effort estimates. So what we want to have is an apples to apples to apples kind of uh, correlation. How we estimated is how we planned, is how we assigned resources, is how those resources tracked. And then that's also how we do analysis at the back end. What we often see is that people will put a bucket of hours just called install. And then our installers, they'll do pre-wire, they'll do uh, installation, like actually putting things up. And then they might do some commissioning or um, at the end, doing my punch list. But the challenge is I got credit for breathing. That installer was good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Their, their work and they, they spent 20 hours on it, but they actually did three tasks, each of which ought to have been estimated. And then at the end of the day, even if we broke down, like they're going to do 20 here, 20 here, and 20 here, and it comes out 60, at the end of the day, we often see, well, they spent 65. Well, against, how did they do against the 20s? Oh, well, we didn't track that. We just said 65 out of 60. Well, it's like, well, now I have no granularity to understand how to improve my estimate. So the key is really closing the loop amongst those and then having that as timely as possible. So another common practice is that payroll wins. Well, we turn our time cards in daily because that's when payroll needs them. Well, not daily, excuse me. We turn our time cards in weekly because that's when payroll needs them. Well, the PM, especially on a small job, needs to see daily how many hours I spent doing. And if I spent two hours travel, I should be hitting travel, not install. Again, focus on the activity that I'm doing, not the person that I am. Um, and I, I need to know that daily so I can see both status, but also progress and then the trend. I also need notes daily. How are we doing? Again, and that will give me that, that item of progress. If I'm behind now, I'm going to be probably more behind later and the ripple effect across all those other projects. So the goal is transparency, um, the apples, apples, apples conversation. Mm -hmm. And then I can start to see from a, a PM's perspective, how am I doing early in the project? We also wanna um, reward the truth early from especially our salaried people. So I have a lot of uh, PMs who won't charge all of their time because if they charged all their time, then the project would be over budget. So I'm only gonna charge half or a quarter of the time I actually need because I want to keep the project on budget. But man, am I overworked, but I only put 40 hours down because I can't put more over because that would look bad. And you can see this vicious cycle that basically eats up a lot of the time to manage the project. So it's, it's endemic on a company to reward the truth, not what I'll say reward the estimate. Because a lot of companies still view that the estimate is correct even though the people who are coming up with the estimate have never validated those estimates. Kind of like running a race without a watch. Well, hell, I must be good because I said I was. <laughs> well, did you check your watch? No, we don't use that. That's a tool we don't have. Okay, so but, but hang on for a second because that's, that's actually a good analogy. What if your entire company has ran without a watch, right? How do you move yeah. those folks from going, you know what, I, I, I worked eight hours a day, I, I spent eight hours on the job site, so I'm charging eight hours to this job, as opposed right. to I spent an hour getting my tools ready, I spent two hours pulling cable, and I spent an hour hanging this display. 
How do you how do you I, make that shift? I think we want to value our tech's time and we tend to waste a lot of their time because materials aren't on site when they need to be. Um, we also don't fully understand if they're going to a, a site meeting every day because there's a safety meeting that's mandatory but from the client, then we ought to have put that into the into the quote or the proposal, but at least tracked it because now at a minimum, that person's only getting seven hours done. Well, if it also takes me a half an hour to unload the tool because my tool suite and all that because they're they only got one elevator and we're all standing in line for it. That's a cost that impacts the progress of the project. I could be spending eight hours of cost on that project, but I'm only getting five hours of effort really accomplished. I need to know that as early as possible as a PM. Now, I would say every six months, we need to go in and actually spend some time motions studies and say, what does it take to hang a display so that we can validate um, each piece in our product. But for the most part, you know, I've got 10 labor categories and maybe five for techs, you know, pre-wire, I've got travel, pre-wire, I might have safety in all those meetings. And then I've got install. Uh, if I have to, you know, take the cardboard out to recycle it, like I'm in California, that needed to be budgeted in. Do I need to track that? I'll say if it's part of the checklist for that activity, then no. But if it's not, then I need to just to write down on notes, we had to go do this, which added hours. Yeah. So I want to be able to show variance and the reason for the variance as early as possible. And that's the key to estimating. And then you use that estimate for what you learn from each project to do a better job exactly. estimating the next on the right. next one. And so I'm, I'm doing a report at the end of every project and I'm printing those out and those projects that are within plus minus 5% variance, we just let them go because that's normal. I mean, that's a pretty good variance, but anything outside of that, you know, either positive variance or negative variance, let's go spend some investigation time on that and look at the cause of those variances. Again, I want to reward the truth telling of the variance and then I want to analyze the cause. Because if I start to be able to peel back the causes of my overvariance, and oftentimes it's because the client wasn't ready or the room wasn't ready, well, that's a delay notice. Yeah. You know, somebody ought to be paying for that, or that's a return trip that was in our terms and conditions in our proposal. We just have to exercise it. No, yeah, very good. All right, sir. That would be a good place to stop, uh, Mr. Brad Malone from Navigate Management Consulting. Thank you, sir. Thank you. How do people get a hold of you or navigate? Uh, my website, navigatemc.com, Mike Charlie, or brad.malone at navigatemc.com. And we've got, again, your podcasts out there, lots of nice blogs, tools, templates, good things to go out and look at. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Brad. Uh, for us, for Aviation, go by our website, aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others, including our two weekly news programs. AV Week looks at the commercial side of the AV industry, and Resi Week looks at the residential side of the AV industry. All that and more at aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv.